your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this late night Thursday episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins as we are here to recap another Penguins game. They get another win. Well, another win. They get back on the win column, I should say. 4-3 to three shootout victory over the New York Islanders. They've split their first two games against them. And we're going to be seeing a lot more of the Islanders coming up. I think they play them like six more times and like... 20 days or something like that. I think the rest of February, they have two against Washington coming up. Then they have the Islanders. Then they have the Capitals again. And then I think they have the Islanders again. So, um, and then after that, I think in March, they finally play, is it Buffalo or something like that? I have no clue. The schedule is just really weird with all these games being pushed back. But yeah, we're going to see a healthy dose of the Islanders coming up. Um, This was a game that, I mean, the Penguins deserved to win in regulation, but again, they had to take extra time to win it. They still, of their six wins this season, five of them have come via overtime or shootout. I mean, that's just, you're not going to be able to sustain that to get into the playoffs, I don't think. I mean, sure, the two points is two points, but you just, you can't keep giving away points to teams in your division, especially the New York Islanders. Uh, Now in these last two games, they have three points in those last, um, three out of four points in those last two games. They are now tied with Pittsburgh for the last playoffs, but I think if the season were to end today, the Islanders would have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh because of regulation um, wins. But still, I think this was this was a win that the Penguins very much deserved. I mean, obviously you had that awful start at the beginning of the game. I mean, that's just total Penguins this season. They're going to start every game playing like shit. But as the game goes on, you know, the, at the end of the first period, you know, they, they get that big goal from Brian Russ after the Islanders took the lead. Um, just great to see Brian Russ continue his hot streak. I believe you know, he now has points in four of his last five games, or two-point night tonight. He also had an assist on um, the tying goal from Malkin. We're going to get to Evgeny Malkin later on in this episode. So um, Russ has just really turned on a heater these last five to six games. It's really nice to see him play well after just a bit of a rough start to the season. Um, Sidney Crosby, again, just toying with people out there. I mean, he's, this line has obviously been their best line this season. It's not close either. I mean, for a lot of this game, I mean, the, the Penguins were really only threatening when the, that line was on the ice and the Zach Aston Reese, Tay Bluger, Brandon Tanev line was on the ice. But especially with this one, I mean, it's just like every time they come onto the ice, the team is creating a high danger uh, chance. I think they probably had another five high danger chances again tonight. I mean, they're controlling... Um, probably what close to seventy percent of the expected goals. I mean, it's definitely over sixty percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check natural stat trick at some point, um, probably for tomorrow's episode to see just how dominant they've been over these last few games. But it's just every time they go out there, guys, it's a scoring chance for for them. It's just they they make opposing teams look silly. Um, Jake Gensel, he's continuing to look much better. Um, I know he didn't score a goal tonight. Um, he had one last game against the Islanders, but. You can see, I think, that the true breakout for Gensel is coming. I thought he was strong again tonight. Um, Also, I mean, let's just touch on Mike Matheson here for just a second. I will say I thought this was his best game yet for the Penguins this year. I know, not a high bar to cross. I mean, it's... It, the, the bar is low right now, let's just say on Mike Matheson. But, you know, I thought he was moving the puck up well, creating chances in the offensive zone, um, was not out of position um, in the defensive zone. And he just he wasn't making the mistakes with the puck that we've seen him make um, during his first four to five games that he's played with, with the team. Obviously, he missed eight due to that injury. But since he's come back, 
you know, well, I should say he wasn't that good against the Islanders um, last weekend, but for this game, you know, it just it looks like he worked on some stuff in his game, um, and it's paying dividends right now. So, yes, very nice game for Mike Matheson. Definitely his best game of the season. We'll see if that can continue um, going into Sunday's game against the Washington Capitals. Um, other players, you know, let's just get into the Evgeny Malkin stuff. Um, was looking terrible on the ice throughout the game. Wasn't shooting the puck again. Uh, again. Just just looks like he's lost a step. I mean, you know, I think I saw a tweet, you know, does he have Lyme's disease or something? You know, a couple people think, does he have mono? I mean, obviously, jokingly, of course, but he just doesn't look himself. And then, you know, you get to the final seconds of the game, and then Malkin just blasts a, shop, a slap shot, one of the Geno bombs that I like to call, and then, boom, you know, just tying game. And it's like, wow, you know, where has that Evgeny Malkin been? And why hasn't he been shooting the puck like that all season? It's just, it's been really weird from him. You know, I, I know there's been a lot of trade rumors these last couple of days because of what Ron Hextall said. Like, we have to reassess after the season or whatnot. But, you know, especially when Gino's playing like that, he's not going anywhere. I still am going to hold firm that he's going to retire as a Penguin. But, you know, he's he's not dead yet, folks. That goal, it could be the start of something special for the rest of the season. I, I know it might be premature to say that. But, you know, hopefully that gets him to shoot the freaking puck more because he only had that one shot on net um, the entire game. I mean, there, there were a couple other opportunities. I think it was a two-on-one. Malkin had the puck and he got the pass back, I think, from Zucker. And he just stops and then tries to pass it back. It's like, no, Gino, just, just shoot the puck on net. Like, if you, if you want to get out of this rut and you want to start playing well, fire every puck to the net that you can. Eventually, some of them will go in. So, I just sometimes I just feel like he's being too conservative, too passive, I guess, with the puck. Just fire it on net. You did it with the one-timer from Latang. That was a beautiful shot. Vintage Malkin from the right wing circle. I mean, that's just, we've seen so many goals of his score from over there. So it was honestly no surprise when it went in. And then I thought he looked good in overtime too. They were, they had, I think they had a couple scoring chances when he was on the ice. And I thought his line mates were good again too. Cause Ferry Kapanen is just flying everywhere. I know I don't think he had a point tonight for Pittsburgh, but he was creating scoring chances every time he stepped onto the ice. And then I always love what Jason Zucker is able to do. He honestly could have had a couple goals tonight too. He had some decent chances on net. So Evgeny Malkin's kind of a mixed bag, but still good to see him get on the board with a goal. And, you know, like I said, hopefully he builds on that going into the next game. Um, Zach Aston Reese, again, guys, I have been saying this on the podcast for the last couple of months. If you are new here, um, I think Zach Aston Reese is the most underappreciated player on this Penguins team. I mean, you saw what he was able to do tonight. Gets his first goal of the season in his first game back after having left shoulder surgery um, during the offseason. And boom, you know, he just says he's the catalyst of that line with Brandon Tanev and Teddy Bluger. They are just, those two players are not the same without him on that line. He's great defensively, can do the little things, is good offensively as well. And you saw he was able to just stuff it home past Varlamo. Second chance opportunity, created a rebound, and then just was able to poke the puck past, I think, his left pad right inside the post. I thought it was going to go wide for a second, but still. Great to see Aston Reese get back in the lineup and score his first goal of the season. I think he had six goals overall for the Penguins last season in 50-something games. So, you know, if he can, we, we can get something like that for this season and maybe even higher than that. I mean, just, you know, they, they, they need all the production they can get from the bottom six in general. But, you know, it's a good start with Zach Aston Reese to get a bottom six goal for this team. And like I said, guys, he's just, 
he's so underappreciated from this fan base. I mean, Sullivan even said, you know, when he was going to come back, he's getting a roster spot. I mean, that is just how good he is. He's not going to take him out for someone like Sam Lafferty, unless, of course, Ashton Reese is struggling pretty badly, but he's not going to take him out for Lafferty. I don't think Drew O'Connor would take a roster spot away from him. There's just no one in that bottom six, as of right now, you know, Ron Hextall, of course, can make a trade, is going to take a roster spot on that line off of, you know, Zach Aston Reese. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, looking at some of the underlying numbers for this game in general, um, the Penguins had 56% of the shots, uh, 52% of the scoring chances, 22 to 20. High danger chances, the Islanders led in 12 to 7. The expected goals, the Islanders also led 57.7% to 42% for the Penguins. Um, the expected goals, though, from the Islanders, 1.94 to 1.42 for the Penguins. When they... When they play boring hockey, they, they they make sure to play boring hockey. Though I will say as well, um, for Corsi, Penguins at 52.2%. So um, the Penguins, I think they controlled more of the expected goals on the ice than the Islanders did as they were the better possession team um, tonight. I also decided to look on just the heat the heat map on natural Statric. I love looking at that. Um, the one thing that the Penguins, well, one of the things that they do have to clean up, there is a whole lot of red right in front of the net that has got to go. I mean, you are, you cannot be giving up so many chances in front of your own net. I mean, the, the heat map, it's just, it's all red right in front of the net with the Islanders' attempts. Um, you know, the, the Barzell one, then you have the Pajot one. Um, just all of their goals were scored basically right in front of the net and the Penguins are just not doing um, a good enough job in front of the net and helping, you know, whether it's Casey Smith or Tristan Jarry out. So still a lot of room for improvement there, but we have a lot to get to for this episode on Locked on Penguins, including Sidney Crosby's filthy shootout um, attempt winner in the overtime. But before we do get to that, it is some time to talk about bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You know, football might be over, but basketball, college basketball, of course, with basketball, I mean, the NBA, college basketball, NHL, they're all in full swing. That online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website. That's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit with your promo code locked on. That's betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, so, you know, let's just get to the overtime and the shootout. You know, we'll get to some more players that I thought played well um, in a bit before we do get to your listener takeaways for the final segment. Um, just leave it to the Islanders to bore up three on three or just, you know, trap it down kind of. I don't really recall them having like two or three damn good chances in that three on three. I mean, they had the puck a lot, but they were just like kind of skating around with it, not firing it on net that much towards DeSmith, I don't really think. And it's just, they're so boring to watch. It's very trot hockey. It's not going to change. And, you know, Penguins going to have to see them six more times this year. So, you know, that's, it's going to be fun to have to play the Islanders um, that often. And then, you know, for the shootout, um, when Jordan Everly came out, I was just ch- chuckling to myself, like, well, you know, I'll basically bet my life savings that he'll score a goal here, even if it's in a shootout. Kind of glad I didn't, you know, I would have lost all my money. Um, but Jordan Everly was actually stopped by a Penguins goaltender. Yes, guys, you know, I cannot believe it too, but Jordan Everly did not score a goal on the Penguins tonight. It just seems like every time he plays them, 
Um, it just the puck finds its way in the back of the net off of his stick. Um, but you know, DeSmith was outstanding in the shootout. Was just really reading all the Islander shoes, including Matt Barzell. And we'll get to him more in just a second. But he was just coming in, just basically doing all those little fancy moves with the puck. And DeSmith stayed with him the whole way and made the save. I mean, he's not an easy guy um, to make a save on, especially in a shootout. He's just he's one of the most What's the way to describe it? I think one of the most slick players in the league. He's just, he's so underrated, I think. I love watching him play. I wish he was on a team that's not in the East Division, like in a West team that could just utilize all of his talents just because of Barry Trotz's system stinks. Um, but he's he's awesome to watch. What he did to P.O. Joseph was just not fair. I mean, that was a welcome to the NHL moment for P.O. Joseph. And for as good as he's been, you know, that's just, that's going to happen, especially going up against Matt Barzell, who's just, like I said, he's one of the most underrated players in the league. And what he was able to do with the puck there, um, it's just, it, it's almost indescribable. He just, he just toyed with P.O. Joseph. That's probably the best way to say it um, without even describing what he did with the puck. Um, just because you can't. He was just, he, he deked around him and then just the shot above DeSmith. I mean, there's, there's no goalie saves that. I, I don't think you can put a prime Henrik Lundqvist back there, Patrick Waugh. There are just, there's no goalie that saves that with how quick that release was. Went top cheese in an instant. It was just a beautiful shot by Barzell off of a beautiful move. And so, you know, for as good as P.O. has been this season, you know, that's just, that's a nice welcome to the league moment for him there. Um, but then, you know, if you look at what, um, DeSmith has done in shootouts this season. I mean, he stopped TJ Oshie. I mean, we all know he's one of the best shootout players in the league. Nicholas Backstrom, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Alex Ovechkin, Jordan Everly, Matt Barzell, and Josh Bailey. I mean, that's some elite company. You have Oshie, who's a good player. Backstrom is one of the most underrated players in the game. Kuznetsov's good. Ovechkin, best goal scorer of all time. Everly, a penguin killer. Barzell, who's slick. And then Josh Bailey, who is still a good player. I mean, you know, six for six on that. Excuse me, you know, my elementary math is bad here. Seven for seven on that so far this season. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. You know, he's kind of looking like Marc-Andre Fleury back there for shootouts. And Fleury is one of the best shootout um, goalies in, um, in league history. So and it's almost looking like when games go to a shootout, you can rely on DeSmith. He was just great in tracking the puck all night. And then, you know, as for Sidney Crosby's goal, I mean, he kind of made Simeon Varlamov look like a kid. Um, that just wasn't fair. I mean, as soon as Sid actually did a deke, I mean, Varlamov was so out of position, he just had no chance to dive across there and make the save. Um, you know, I, I've always said it on this podcast, too, and if you guys have been watching the Penguins um, a long time, I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast, Sid usually does two things in the shootout. Um, he'll do that forehand, backhand deke, or he'll just go five-hole. Today, he decided to do the former and do the... Um, Forehand, backhand deke. You know, I just I, I love when he does the deke. He just doesn't deke enough, I don't think. It's more so, I would say 60 to 70% of the time, he just, just comes in, almost stops, and then just tries a five-hole shot. And it's just like, you know, goalies are gonna be prepared for that. So it's just it's nice to see him deke, you know, in the other three out of ten, four out of ten chances um, that he gets. Well, you know, the other 30 to 40% of the time, I mean, that's what he does for shootout attempts. But okay, that basically wraps up the shootout. Um, anyone else for this game? Again, Cody Cece continued to look good. Um, now obviously, he wasn't as good as last game. I think he was the one that took that uh, penalty um, early on in the game. I think it was Cece at least. But actually, no, it may have been Jankowski. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to double check who took that penalty. I, I thought it was Jankowski or Cece, but I'm not sure. But, you know, he just he had some nice scoring chances coming in the offensive zone, not making any bad plays in the defensive zone either. He's just... 
he's kind of there. And you know, that's fine if he's making $1.1 million for the, just this year. He's not killing you. That's everything the Penguins needed when they signed him. You know, you just you didn't want him to kill you like Jack Johnson did, like Justin Schultz did. He's done anything but that. And he's still going to make a case um, to stay in the lineup once reinforcements come back. And, you know, we are getting closer to Marcus Pedersen returning. I believe he was at the morning skate today in regular contact jersey uh, after practicing with the team yesterday um, in a no-contact uh, sweater. I would expect Pedersen to be back in the lineup on Sunday against Washington. And then, you know, you have some tough decisions. I mean, Latang, Marino, obviously, staples in. Riedel, I think, is going to get time. P.O. Joseph should stay in. So then it comes down, you know, Mike Matheson, uh, Cody Cece. I mean, wh- wh- which one of these guys are you taking out for Marcus Pedersen? He's obviously coming back. My guess is that it's Pedersen. I mean, I know Matheson played well tonight, but I'm guessing you're probably going to see um, Joseph Latang, Pedersen Marino, and then what? Maybe Ruido CC, though I could still see Sullivan putting Matheson um, CC there and taking out Ruido, or Matheson Ruido and taking out CC. I'm not sure. And then, you know, you have Brian Dumoulin's going to come back at some point. What are you going to do? It's just, it's going to be an interesting situation for Ron Hextall. If, you know, is he going to trade Mike Matheson? Is he going to trade Marcus Pedersen for forward help? You know, just there's a lot of questions going, that's going to happen with the defense once, you know, Pedersen comes back on Sunday, I would think. And then Dumoulin eventually, as he's still week to week. Um, you know, I, I do have one uh, other negative thing to say. I haven't really said a lot of negative stuff for this podcast today, but um, the fourth line that consisted of Colton Sevier, Drew O'Connor, and Mark Jankowski, it is it is a garbage fourth line, I think is the best way to say it. It's terrible. Um, they do not create any scoring chances when they're on the ice. I mean, it's, if, when they do, it's, it's like just one and done. I mean, you know, Jankowski's been... Um, pretty bad, I would say, since those first couple games in Philadelphia. He did have a good scoring chance tonight. I mean, it, almost, it should have led to a, another goal from Aston Reese. Varlamov just made a hell of a save. That's just basically the Penguins' luck this season on odd man rushes, especially two on ones. But, you know, that was the, the first time I had noticed Jankowski, honestly, guys, since, since those first couple games in Philly. So that signing has not worked out so far. It wouldn't surprise me if Hextall got rid of him and got a draft pick in return since the Penguins don't have a lot of draft capital this year. But, I mean, what team is going to take on Jankowski with how he's playing so far? I don't really think you can get a lot back from him. Drew O'Connor, you know, I know he's a rookie, but I just I don't know if he's just fully NHL ready yet. And then Colton Sevier really hasn't done anything since that Washington game. Honestly, those two Washington games where I think he had um, goals in back-to-back games. But I think the, one of the biggest things Hextall is going to have to do is get another uh, – bottom six player, you know, that can actually contribute offense as good defensively because these three right now, or at least two of the three, you know, I'm not really going to shit on Drew O'Connor so much. Two of the three right now are just not doing anything. And, you know, I think they deserve to come out of the lineup for someone who can come in here and actually contribute some offense in the bottom six and is a a good um, player in the defensive zone. And, uh, you know, one more thing before we do get to the listener takeaways, the special teams, again, pathetic on the power play. We got to see the new you look look power play. They basically had two weeks to practice it. Nope, just continue to pass, pass, pass. And they are firing hardly any shots on net. You know, same as it ever was. Will it change for the Sunday game against Washington? Probably not, but not a good start after they've been spending all, like, practice the last week or something um, just working on it and then the penalty kill I don't know what Mike Vellucci is telling his players to do out there um, it's not working you know what I've noticed they're too aggressive on it um, they're, they're not taking away the front of the net at all I mean you're just letting Anders Lee stand there honestly for whatever team they play they're just letting whoever they want stand there without any repercussions like you got to get them out of there and tie up their sticks I mean you saw the I think it was the Pajot goal tonight 
Was that the one that came on the power play? I think it was. You know, he's just basically standing there, and DeSmith has no chance because he's getting screened, and I think he deflects it in. So I just don't know what is going on on the PK. It's just both the special teams units are garbage. Um, they just, the Penguins cannot get a penalty kill. I know the delay of game rule is one of the worst rules in sports, if not the worst one. Um, you got to stop doing it, but you also got to kill a penalty once in a while. Um, it's just, it's got to happen. And finally, Casey DeSmith was able to make some very timely saves tonight. Kudos to him. Um, he may start again on Sunday, but though I could see the team going back to Jari, get his confidence back up. But a very good game, I thought, from DeSmith. He made some pretty big 10-bell saves, I would say, in the overtime. And when the game was tied a couple of times, I was really liking how he was moving um, from left to right in the net. But that'll do it for this segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Now, before we do get to the listener takeaways, though, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to the website rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog on this on site is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices are always right below in the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car trot. And you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts of car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. As I'm trying to find my phone here so I can get to the tweets, I apologize on that. Okay, I finally found it. So let's get to you guys' post-game reactions. I always appreciate you guys sending these in. Gilbert the Goat says, What a game. That Crosby line is flying. Just need to start putting the puck in the net. Malkin looked better, especially when it mattered most. The power play didn't look any better. Unfortunately, same as the PK. Those need to improve sooner rather than later. You know, 100% agree, man. I mean, the Crosby line. The pucks are going to start going in the net, especially for uh, Jake Gensel and for Sid. I mean, it's just, like I said, man, they're creating high danger chances every time they're on the ice. Power play PK again, they, those stunk. And then, you know, DeSmith, I thought it was great too. And, you know, what your take about Malkin was great as well. Iris AJ says, Barzell is pretty effing good. He does that to pretty much any defenseman in the league. Yep, I agree. I mean, he'll do that to Chris Letang. He'll do that to Victor Hedman. He'll do that to Roman Yossi. He's just that good. Um, AJ also says Marino settled down after the early flub on the first goal. Yeah, you know, I did tweet out at that time. I wish we could see rookie. Uh, Mo John Marino come back, but as the game went on, I thought he made a pretty some pretty good defensive plays, especially I think um, it was in the third period. It was a cross ice pass from might have been Barzell trying to get it to Bailey or something like that, or it was Lee, and he was able to get his long st- reach to the, the stick and just uh, knock it out, and, and then the Penguins are going back the other way. So that was a great play. Uh, Angie also says, hopefully Gino is back to being himself and Zar in the third line will get the defense back up to par. Yeah, I agree. Just I, I really like that Aston Reese line. I'm in a perfect world. It's their fourth line. If they can get a bottom six forward to be on the third line or bottom six forward or two, to be honest with you. But, you know, with them being the third line right now, um, just the shutdown line, I mean, that's just, that's going to have, they're going to have to make do with that at some point until Hexall makes some changes. Um, and yeah, I agree. Hopefully this is a big step in the right direction for Gino. 
Um, Irish AJ also says, why did Matheson play and not P.O. Joseph in OT? Yeah, that was weird. I really did not understand that, that Matheson was getting a lot of ice time in the overtime period. I understand that he was having a good game. It was best game of the season, but I think I would have trusted P.O. out there more than Matheson. I think maybe Mike Sullivan was just a little upset that he got beaten pretty badly by Barzell, but you know, I would just tell Mike Sullivan that, you know, that just happens to any defenseman in the league. Like you said, um... Fry Time says, great to see the, the Aston Reese line back in. They were great. Rusty could score 40 on Sid's line, it seems. Yeah, I mean, R Rusty has just, he's turned on a, a heater at this point. Like I said, man, uh, for four of the last five games, um, he's had points. Tonight was a two-point game. So I think now in the last five games, he has five points in those five games. So it's just, it's really nice to see him be elevated up to that Crosby line. I know the Zucker, Malkin, Rust line has had some elite underlying numbers, but you can put him with Sid or Gino, and they'll have elite underlying numbers. He just, he makes any line good. Um, he also says Gino redeemed a lackluster performance that said this team just still can't seem to put it together. So many aspects of their game are a struggle. Yeah, man, I, I will agree with that. You know, a lot of times I'm watching this team, um, they're boring, it's dull hockey. I've seen some tweets saying that they're looking at their phone during the game. I get it. You know, some this team right now, it's not the most exciting team to watch. But, you know, I, I would say that they're never boring. It's just, you know, they always have something up their sleeves is the way I would describe it. Um, just with the comebacks and everything, um, there's just always something that happens in the game that you just, you you have to watch. Um, but yeah, they just, they, they need to put together a full 60-minute performance. They still have not had a two-goal or more lead in a any game this season. It is just unfathomable that that is still happening. And they've played 12 games out of a 56-game season. It's nuts that that has not happened. So we'll see if they can put together a full 60 against the Capitals. I'm not betting on it, but you know if it gets a win, um, it gets a win. Um, Alan T. Yoder says, didn't get to see the game, but based on Phil Bork and Josh Getzoff's radio call, two goals in two games for Gino. I hope this is a good sign. Yeah, you know, I honestly forgot about that, Alan. This is his second consecutive game with a goal. I honestly kind of forgot that he scored in that game on Saturday um, against the Islanders just because, well, one, it's been so long. And two, you know, just they lost that game. He said the Islanders have some good and talented players. Yeah, I mean, I love Barzell, like I said. I love Anders Lee. Josh Bailey, I think, is underrated. Um, Adam Pellick is good. Pollock is um, good. I, I'm just, I'm going to, Pellick, Pollock, you know, I just, I remember Paul Staggerwald um, just kind of kept saying that so many times when he kept calling the games. And it was just, you know, almost had a stroke saying it. So, you know, it almost making me have a stroke too. Um, they're good. Um, Varlamov is still not bad, but they're just, they're, they're a stingy team. It's just, you know, they're the modern day devils. They're not fun to watch. Um, but they still have some good players that are trapped in that system. Um, he also says, you know, yeah, can we please kill a penalty or score with a man, man advantage? Yeah, I know, man. I'm, the, the, the day the Penguins score a power play goal and kill off a penalty in the same game, it's the day I honestly might just, you know, quit life, to be honest with you. No, obviously, I'm just joking. But, you know, it's the day I might just, like, celebrate way too much than I should. Um, and lastly, we, we will get to Mr. New at all. PK is still pathetic. Power play stinks. Got bailed out by the terrible goaltending we are getting. P.O. Joseph and Marino show they are still green. 58 still shows he continues to make costly mistakes. It's nice of 71 to show up, though, with 18 seconds left. Yeah, I didn't get to Latang in this episode. Again, just not a good performance from him. It just continues to go sideways with Latang. I mean, he's given everything to this organization. Oh, I'm not going to shit on him. 
But I will say, you know, just he's not playing well right now. Um, and I will, I'll just, I'll call it how it is. He's he's been terrible um, for most of this season. I've um, coughed up the puck at times throughout the game. Um, there are a couple of plays where I was just like, man, like like get the puck out of the zone, and we're just like he's just trying to be too cute with it, and you just got to be to be a little more simple. So it was just kind of weird to see him play like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I buy like the, the terrible goaltending that the Penguins. I mean, they've also gotten terrible goaltending um, for most of the season. But I will say tonight, DeSmith was much needed um, with how he played. I was really happy with Casey DeSmith, and you know, wouldn't be surprised if he started on Sunday. But like I said, yeah, man, I could totally see them going back to Jari to get his confidence back up. And yeah, Marino got better as the game went on, and so did Pio Joseph. Even though you know he had that welcome to the NHL moment. Um, thanks to Matt Barzell. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening to it. We'll be back with one on Friday at some point. We'll probably just preview the uh, couple game. Well, preview the Sunday game against the Capitals and just you know talk about some uh, maybe some GM stuff with Ron Hextall and just other parts surrounding the team. So I'll talk to you all then. Have a great night.